If you celebrated Thanksgiving, I hope the day was filled with friends, family, and fun, and not just turkey, potato stuffing, rolls, cookies, pies. Did you eat too much on Thanksgiving? Did you find yourself saying, oh, I really shouldn't, but it was so good, and then find yourself digging into more? Let me first start by saying that it is okay if you ate too much on Thanksgiving or any other holiday for that matter. They're called holidays for a reason. It's about having fun on that special day. There's nothing wrong if you overate. I love the definition that registered dietitian and renowned author Ellen Satter offers about normal eating. It's kind of long, so I won't read the whole thing, but it includes this line. It says, normal eating is overeating at times and feeling stuffed and uncomfortable and undereating at times and wishing you had more. So remember that it is okay if you ate too much on Thanksgiving. It's okay if you do that on occasion. But if those few holidays are turning into holiday weeks or hollow months or even holiday years, well, that might be an issue especially if you're beating yourself up over all that indulgence. Maybe you've already started making those promises. I'm going to eat it now because I'm giving up sugar tomorrow or next Monday or the first of the year. Are you saying that? Maybe you're even thinking, I need to do something drastic to help me get back to so-called clean eating with quotes. Maybe you're thinking, I need a detox. Well, if you want your to get your eating back in control after a food-filled feast. I've got some detox tips for you in today's podcast, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Energize Your Life podcast, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and peak performance expert, Dr. Joe. Listen in as Dr. Joe and her guests talk about how to energize your life so you can be happier, healthier, and more productive. Today's podcast is for all of you that have found that your eating has gotten out of control, leading to weight gain, zapped energy, possibly even poor health. It's about detoxing after overindulging, but not just what to do in terms of the eating part. Many of the strategies we're going to be talking about has to do with rewiring the brain so you don't find yourself in this revolving door of overindulgence followed by detox and back to overindulgence followed by detox. I want you to get off that roller coaster. Now, don't worry about trying to memorize all these strategies we're going to be talking about. I've included them in a blog and you'll find the link in the show notes. So here you go. Seven tips to detox yourself after the holidays. Step number one, set yourself up for success. Because let's face it, it's hard to resist temptation when food is everywhere. So now's the time to empty your cupboards from anything that's tempting that food gift basket that you really don't like, well, drop it off in a homeless shelter. That half a pie, if you've already had enough, but it's still kind of calling your name, maybe you need to trash it. And if that break room at work is filled with food, well, take a walk outside instead of going into the break room. Out of sight, out of mind really does work. And of course, the opposite, set yourself up for success by stocking the house and the office with healthy food options. You know, making sure you have enough to provide healthy meals, plan them out. You know, what are your go-to? You're going to have stuff to make salads. Do you need some soups in there? Do you need some healthy snacks? 
So think about that and stock your house with things like that. Now, step number two, rethink food waste. I don't know about you, but I was always told about those starving kids in China or Africa. Um, mom was always saying, you know, you got to eat it because there's all these starving kids. Did you hear that too? Let me enlighten you about something if you haven't yet figured this out. Overeating isn't going to help them. Finishing whatever your kids don't eat, it's not going to help them. Nor will it help you to finish that last spoonful in the pot because, well, it's just not enough to put away. I know. I used to think about food waste in the same way. And then I reframed it. I realized that all that extra food is either waste or waste. See, it's either waste in the trash can or you can eat that extra food and it's likely going to end up right here around your waist. So before you have that extra bite, remember that extra food looks a lot better in the trash can than it does right here on our waist. So you can waste it or you can waste it for me. I'm gonna waste it in the trash can if that's the only choice I've got. And by the way, if you've got kids or grandkids, Allow them to honor their body too. Because the reason why we're in that mess is because we heard that message telling us not to waste food. So when you're with those kids or the grandkids, stop saying things like, well, if you eat everything on your plate, you can have dessert. My goodness, that's crazy to tell them to overeat so they can meet, eat more to overeat. I mean, that's how we got into the mess that we're in with our with our brain and how we think about food. So please stop doing that to the young ones. Number three is to reset that dieting mentality. One of the reasons why we tend to overdo it on foods, especially sweets and other carbs, is that we label these foods, right? You say, well, these are bad. Not only that, if we eat them, we are bad. And that's what causes this vicious cycle of eating the foods, then beating ourselves up for behaving bad, then we soothe ourselves with, well, guess what? More of the same. It's eat, guilt, repent, repeat. This eat, guilt, repent, repeat cycle continues because we have this unrealistic expectation of what we think we need to eat healthy. In fact, there's no reason that you have to cut out all of those foods. And I know you're thinking that they're addictive, but a lot of it has to do with the brain waves that we've wired into believing if they're bad, if we eat them, we're bad, and then beating ourselves over it. In order to recover from my eating disorder, I had to hardwire my brain away from those thoughts. And you know what? You can too. Instead of thinking that certain foods are good, others are bad, what is a balanced diet? How can we free ourselves of all this brain chatter? Our goal is to get away from labeling food good or bad because all of those carbs that we eat and we label bad, they can actually fit into a well-balanced diet. The important thing is to eat a balanced diet. So make sure you check out the blog that I've got in the show notes about what a balanced diet is. And then some of those other foods can actually fit in. One of the ways that I got over my eating disorder is actually by 
giving myself permission to eat some of the sweets. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now, number four has to do with detoxing and what exactly that means. First of all, I want you to stop wasting your money on detox diets, pills, and potions. I mean, everywhere you look, blogs, ads, posts about fasting, juicing, strict diets to detox. And it's not just that. They're asking you to spend money, oftentimes lots of money on books and supplements and pills. And do they work? Well, yeah, temporarily, because you're eating fewer calories. But that weight is just water weight. When you lose weight real quickly, come on, you know from experience, it's going to come right back up, which then sets us up for that dieting mentality that we just talked about. So stop believing all those ads and social media posts that are trying to convince you to throw away your money. You know what? Your body is quite capable of detoxing itself when you simply eat more fibrous foods and drink more water and then let mother nature do its job. Our intestines, liver, and kidneys are all the tools that you need for a real detox. Just up your fiber intake, which has been called mother nature's broom. You know, increase your intakes of fruits and vegetables and whole grains because they're going to fill you up, keep you regular, boost your energy up, help you to lose some weight. You know, think about having, you know, two to three servings of fruits and maybe the same of vegetables, some whole grains every day. You know, try a breakfast of maybe oatmeal, some low fat milk, nuts, fresh orange. That's what I had this morning. Enjoy a large salad for lunch, maybe adding some grilled chicken, salmon, or another source of protein, and then snack on fresh fruit between meals. And don't forget all that fiber isn't going to help if you don't add water to it. Now, how much water? Well, it depends. Different people, you know, they weigh more, you know, different. Some people sweat more than others and such. Maybe they're more active. But, you know, eight to 10 glasses is not an unreasonable goal. I, I don't count my water, but I make sure that I've got water by my side all day long and I sip on it. Because if you wait until like the meals, it's hard to, you know, down more than say a glass in an entire meal. So just keep water by your side all day long. And a good time to think about starting to drink water is right when you wake up. Have you ever woken up, used the bathroom and looked in the toilet? My guess is your urine is not clear. It's likely darker in the morning. And that's because we wake up dehydrated. So think about starting your day with a tall glass of water. Make that part of your morning routine, even before you make yourself that first cup of coffee. See, many times people think they need a big cup of coffee, or maybe they need, you know, another cup of coffee. But what their body is actually craving is the water that's in their coffee. And the good thing is the water is going to go into your system even faster than the caffeine. And getting your body hydrated is going to boost your mood and your energy and keep some of those cravings in control. Now, number five is to break the fast. In other words, I want you to eat breakfast. Now, before you turn this off, hear me out because there's science that actually supports the important role of breakfast, helping you to power up your energy, rein in your weight gain and the cycles of overeating, and even help with 
health issues like high blood sugar, which affect nearly half of the adult population. And no, breakfast doesn't have to be eaten right when you wake up, if that's your problem. You know, but within an hour or two, you probably should have some breakfast. Because if you've been listening to the podcast, reading my blogs over at drjo.com, drjo.com, you've heard me say so many times that the human body needs fuel 24-7. You know, oftentimes we think of in terms of we just need fuel when we exercise, but that is not true. We need fuel 24-7. Just because we've been in bed sleeping for six, seven or more hours doesn't mean like we shut down. In fact, even at rest, even at sleep, we're still alive. And you know, about two thirds of all the calories we burn in a given day is just to keep us alive, for our heart to beat, for our lungs to breathe, for our brain to regulate all that and everything else that we need to do to stay alive. So after sleeping, our body is in need of fuel. And if you're thinking, uh, well, you know, I've got plenty of fat here on my body to sustain me for many days, realize that fat can sustain parts of your body as a fuel, but your brain up here really requires glucose. That's why we're a little fuzzy headed there in the morning. And the brain needs lots of glucose. This organ up here, it weighs just 2% of our body weight, but it uses about 25% of all the fuel we burn in a day. And the fuel it needs is glucose. And you're not gonna get glucose from fat. In fact, while our body can, can store like days or even months worth of fat, do you know that our body contains just three to 400 calories worth of glucose storage? That's it, three to 400 calories. Why, that's about as much as in one of those diet frozen dinners, which is why it's really important that we eat breakfast because that three to 400 calories that we can store, well, it's been used up during our nighttime slumber. So we need to eat breakfast. Yep, even if you're not particularly hungry. I know that goes against everything you've ever heard before. Well, if you're not hungry, don't eat. Well, and I get that, but most of the time lack of hunger is not a physiological thing. It's, it's a habit that we've made for ourselves. In fact, sometimes that nauseous feeling that you have in the pit of your stomach that's turning you off from food, that's low blood sugar. And you know what? Food is sometimes the best solution. I mean, think about that. Nearly every baby and young child eats breakfast. You probably did too, right? And then somewhere around our teen years, the rates of those who eat breakfast drops significantly. And then many years later, or maybe decades later, we're just out of the habit of eating breakfast. And even if we eat breakfast, it's oftentimes the smallest meal of the day. So while eating breakfast or skimping on breakfast might sound like a good idea, especially if you've overeaten the night before, let's face it, does it work? In my experience of working with others, the most common pattern of eating is one in which people eat very little during the day, and then they find themselves so hungry that they overindulge from dinner until bedtime. And it's that nighttime eating that's associated with weight gain and health issues, and certainly in destroying our energy and our mood. So here's the thing, even those same calories at night can affect us differently than in the daytime. 
So often I've heard people say, well, if I eat breakfast, I'm hungry an hour or two later. <laughs> that is true, but that's probably one of the reasons why you need to probably have a snack or pay attention to the next one. Number six is to power up with protein. The most popular breakfast, if you think about it, is high carb. It's breakfast, pastries, pancakes, waffles, cereal, or maybe something sweet like a coffee drink or donut and very little protein. And it's that high carbohydrate meal that can cause that roller coaster effect with your blood sugar. First, it goes up high and then it causes your body to overscreed on insulin, which then drops it too low, along with your energy and food cravings come along with it. But it's not the carbohydrates are the problem, although you might be eating too much of it. Usually um, what the problem is, is we're eating the wrong types of carbs, maybe too many carbs, but without protein. And so it's the protein that is so important. If you want to know more about the different types of carbohydrates, check out the frequently asked questions. It's a blog that I wrote and I posted in the show notes. From the blog, you'll be able to view a couple of videos all about the glycemic index and how it affects blood sugar, your energy, and your weight. Again, I want you to realize it is okay to eat some carbohydrates. In fact, it's a good idea because it provides glucose for the brain, but it's important to have a balanced approach and making sure you have some protein at every meal, including soy protein, nuts, lean meats, cheese, eggs, non-fat yogurt and milk, you know, more than just those few drops of milk that you might put in your coffee or in your cereal. In fact, the recommendation is to eat 20 to 35 grams of protein each and every meal. Now, if you want to know more about how much protein to eat, where to find the protein, there's another blog in the show notes that talks all about protein. Okay, so far we've talked about the six strategies to help you reset your body back to a normal way of eating, how to detox, set yourself up for success. We talked about cleaning out, you know, our environment, making sure we have healthier foods around, rethinking food waste, getting off that dieting seesaw. We've talked about Mother Nature's detox by adding more whole foods and also water into our meals. But let's face it, it's likely food, especially now around the holidays. But let's face it, with all this food that's around for the holidays, you still might be tempted. So what can you do? Here's my last tip. Keep your hands, feet, and mouth busy. Really. Um, it helps to find some strategy that works best for you. Some people find that keeping their mouth busy can help, like popping a piece of gum in their mouth and chewing that. Um, it doesn't work really for my uh, jaws, but it works well for other people. Back during my eating disorder recovery, I found it really helpful to sip on a cup of tea. And that became my signal at the end of the meal to stop eating. And over time, that became just more natural. So maybe have a glass of water in your hands, or maybe even a worry stone of sort, because let's face it, many of us eat because we're feeling stressed or anxious. At my desk, I have a small shell that I pop in my hands and just kind of keep my hands busy. I've had people tell me they use a beaded bracelet or some other um, squishy toy maybe. But it's not just about popping something in your mouth and your hands, keep your feet busy too. Get moving. It's not only gonna keep, keep your mind off of eating, it might improve your energy. Research has shown that changing positions while you work 
can greatly improve your energy and focus. So try a standing desk or take a movement break every hour, walking up and down the hall, taking a few flights of stairs, walking around the office, or if you're home, down the street and back. The thing is, movement might also help your mood, which might be helpful during the holidays. You know, the holidays are supposed to be happy, but let's face it, it oftentimes stirs up a lot of negative emotions. So exercise, even slow walking has been shown to make people feel better. In fact, it's oftentimes recommended as an adjunct therapy for depression. Moving your body is also going to help you feel strong and confident with all those temptations around. So here's wishing you a great holiday season filled with family, friends, and fun. And until next time, reach out and let me know how I can help you power up your energy. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can energize your life or to invite Joe to speak at your next event, please visit drjoe.com. That's just four letters, D-R-J-O dot com.